Did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? You can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan, but you can ask to come back to First Choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First Choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com renew to learn more. For the best TV viewing experience, witness the coziest maroons, the most vibrant and brightest moons, the eeriest and darkest tombs, and radiant and vivid hues in any type of room with the Neo QLED and OLED TVs by Samsung. We're supposed to say Samsung, but that didn't rhyme, so <laughs> you're welcome. Samsung, more wow than ever. What is going on, everybody? I haven't seen y'all in a little bit. Actually, I saw some of y'all on Saturday, but welcome back. It is the Wednesday edition of the Stochastic NHL Strategies Show. I am your host, Josh Harris. Thank you to PD Mac, a.k.a. Renly Baratheon, for filling in for me yesterday. Um, caught most of the show. Did a good job. Thank you. Uh, here I am. Uh, I had a personal matter to take, of, take care of. Maybe one that I will talk about at some point on the air today's not that day um joining me as always some cliffy how you doing oh not doing too bad man um still kind of reeling from last night um first i suppose we got to give a shout out to jake harry our boss tommy nation on dk took down a fantasy hockey world championship seat last night um he's on his way back to denver for the second year in a row um Congrats to him. I, I think that's our fourth person going to the Fantasy Hockey World Championships uh, from Stochastic. At least, at least four. Yeah, yeah, at least four. Um, so congrats to him. Um, pretty big night uh, on his side of the ledger. I was right around the cash line in all my contests. Cashed some, didn't cash others. Went with uh, Pittsburgh-San Jose game stack. So I had Pittsburgh one. They did fairly well. But I paired them with San Jose, too. Uh, they didn't do anything. Kind of a letdown. And it's frustrating because um, I did have a Pittsburgh one, um, St. Louis two stack, which would have worked out uh, pretty well in my favor. And then I just decided to game stack. And it, the game stack looked fine, honestly, until about 10 o'clock Eastern. And then, like, the last 15 minutes of that St. Louis game when they just really poured it on. Uh, kind of dashed all hopes. I needed a miracle there at the end, but uh, I'm not going to complain. I think uh, it was a decent process for last night. And like I said, it was pretty close to cashing anyways, to bounce here or there, and it's main cash across the board. So I uh, just got to kind of move on and move to today's slate. How'd you do last night? I power played stack the Penguins. Latang and Malkin didn't do too much. Also had a tough break with uh, Jake Ottinger there. Was up 2-1 late, ended up losing in overtime. That hurt. Also, and, and, I uh, call... no, I was going to no. say I need to call 1-800-KENT-JOHNSON because I keep playing Ken Johnson in my lineup. He does nothing. Uh, yeah, on the goalie frustration point, I think the two goalies I was I was between – no, I was between three goalies last night. Either the Ottawa goalie, I was just going to, you know, completely punt and pay up elsewhere, decided to go against that. Went with I went with Ottinger, um, so that was frustrating. But the other goalie I was considering was Darcy Kemper. 
I think he finished with 34 saves in the loss, uh, which, ah, that sucks, man. You just needed one more save, and it would have been a pretty good night from Kemper. But, I mean, those are the breaks. Uh, wasn't really a huge slate last night, um, scoring-wise. Uh, you know, Pittsburgh certainly got there. Montreal, <laughs> Jonathan drew in with the old three-assist night. Um, I think that's, what they say, five assists in his last two games or something like that? Uh, maybe yeah. he's starting to find his touch a little bit. But, uh, yeah, congrats again to Jake. Congrats to anybody that might have won last night. Condolences to anybody that might have lost. Uh, losing DFS night on Valentine's Day, um, if you're single, probably can't be a great feeling. But uh, we're past Valentine's Day. We're looking ahead. Uh, to tonight's six-gamer, a bunch of teams on a back-to-back, -back, but a bunch of lopsided matchups. I don't know what you make of this slate, but um, I see Toronto, I see Tampa, I see Colorado, I see Edmonton, and I see Buffalo. And I think there's one of those teams that's in a tough matchup, and it's Colorado going into Minnesota, and the rest really aren't that bad. I don't know, man. This looks like a pretty wild slate. What do you think? Oh, yeah, this is a nut slate. There's three teams with a four total or higher. Also, I wasn't here on Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day sucks. Whether you're single, married, in a relationship, it's complicated. It doesn't matter. It's just a stupid holiday to make your significant other feel loved when they should feel loved every day. And if you're single, why, why do all these couples need to post about it? Besides the point. Also, Jake was awake at 2 a.m. I woke up because I'm old and... I, you know, I had to go for a stroll, maybe get some water, maybe maybe some four tums going down. But like my phone had so many notifications because he tagged me on his post for winning. It's like, what is he doing awake? This dude goes to sleep three minutes after lock normally. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I guess it must be his new dog keeping him up uh, in the middle of the night. But uh, I, I imagine if, if you're going to wake up in the middle of the night uh, having a fantasy hockey world championship seat, uh, in your uh, DK account probably is one of the better ways to wake up in the middle of the night. Yeah. Avery vehemently opposed to my Valentine's Day take, by the way. He's a big yeah. Valentine's Day guy. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, he's a big, he's a big romantic guy. What can you expect? Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. So we have the Leafs with a 4.3 total. We have Tampa with a 3.8 total. We got Edmonton with a four total. The Rangers have a 3.8. Buffalo and Buffalo has a four. There are just monster totals on the slate. So, like, the thing is, like, there's a fair bit of lines that you can fit in with some of these really expensive stacks. So, like, you're not seeing anything like wildly chalky outside of Arizona just because they're one of those cheap filler lines that have been really, really good. So, like, despite there being so many spots and if you're playing one lineup, it's going to suck trying to get down to that one lineup. But, like, there's not, like, one huge decision where you're going to be like, oh, man, if I fade them, this could end my night. This feels like one of those nights where there could be multiple paths to victory, hopefully. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I mean, that's just a it, – it's just a function of the matchups, right? Because so many teams are in good – so many, you know, high-scoring – top offensive teams are in uh good matchups you know by necessity that means there's a bad team and a bad matchup on the other side and bad teams and bad matchups are usually pretty cheap so yeah you have cheap blackhawks cheap arizona um you have cheap depth from minnesota um depending what you go with um obviously you have cheap detroit basically all through the lineup 
Vancouver, like I guess you still have Elias Pettersson, who's uh, fairly expensive. Um, but, you know, considering the other centers on the slate, he's relatively cheap. Um, you know, and then you have Anaheim, who without Troy Terry, yeah, well, I mean, the Rangers are who they are. <laughs> At least they finally broke up okay. the advantage out of Aaron, but uh, we'll get to that. The game kids later. are 11 something on DraftKings. Yeah, but, but I mean, we'll talk about that game later, but that's. I think that's going to end up being one of the more popular filler lines, right? Because you can fit that kid line in really easily with your Toronto, your Tampa, your Colorado. Even if you're paying 25K for an Edmonton stack, you can put in the kid line pretty easily. So I suspect they're going to be pretty popular here tonight. Yeah, I'm just glad that they broke up Panarin and Zabanajan. That was like, that was just a bad experiment. It needs to not come back. But let's get into the slate. Before we do, give us a like and subscribe so you keep with all of our shows, DFS offers, giveaways, and much more. Once you subscribe, hit that notification button to get alerts when our shows go live. Also, you know, we're available on podcast form on your favorite platform. Uh, help us out by leaving a five-star review. Shout out to Prize Picks, who is the sponsor of the show. We'll have some stuff for them later. You'll see it on our screen. You see it already in the top right. But we'll have an offer for you. Later in the show, let's get to this first game, which is the only 7 o'clock game. It's the only game before 9 p.m. Eastern. Could be a late night tonight. Chicago Blackhawks with a 2.2 total heading into Toronto. The Maple Leafs have a 4.3 total. That is, I believe, the biggest total I've seen this season. That is large. Peter Morazic, Ilya Samsonov are probable. Austin Matthews has returned. <laughs> whoop de doo He's on a line with uh, William Nylander and Michael Bunting. Moves uh, Marner down with Tavares and Alex Kerfoot. Oh, boy. Uh, Kyle Yonkrock down to that third line. Uh, Blackhawks just have guys. Um, I'm out on the Blackhawks tonight. If you want a one-off like a Kane, go for it. You want to one off a Domi? You want to play, you know, I don't know, Taylor Radish one off? Like, I have almost no interest in the Blackhawks tonight. I'll be short and sweet with them. The Leafs are a different story. This is Matthew's first game in about three weeks. He's a little bit early on his three week timeline. That's the line I'm looking at just because we've talked ad nauseum probably for 18 months now since we've been on that any line with Alex Kerfoot just absolutely gets absolutely torpedoed. Now that being said, Tavares Marner have played exceptionally well this season. So maybe you can leave Kerfoot off, but I, I feel like he's going to drag them down a bit. So I'm going to be looking at the Matthews line. I mean, yeah, the, the Matthews line, I, I mean, our, our lineup builder salt hasn't uh, reflected Austin Matthews being in the lineup yet. Cause um, you know, that was just announced today, I think. Um, but I was looking through the projections and the projection for the entire Toronto top line on DraftKings works out somewhere between 44 and 45 points. I think it's like 44.7 points. Um, to put that into context, I think the only other line on the slate tonight with uh, at least a 40-point projection or over a 40-point projection, sorry, um, is that Edmonton top line, assuming it's Ryan Nugent Hopkins, Connor McDavid, and Zach Hyman. So, you know, Toronto could has the either the first or second highest projection here on this slate. And that, you know, like we've been saying over and over, it's a slate with uh, Tampa Bay, with Colorado, with Edmonton, with Buffalo. So obviously 
Um, hopes are pretty high on Toronto. They're really not that expensive either. I mean, when you look at the Toronto top line, they're $4,000 cheaper than Edmonton. So, you know, when you look at the Edmonton ownership being low single digits, I, you know, that makes sense to me considering how much cheaper that Toronto top line is. But we have to remember before Matthews got hurt, they broke up that top line and moved Matthews back um, with Marner for pretty good reason, because the top line was starting to not really play that well. Um, they have about 125 minutes together since Christmas, 3.3 expected goals for 3.3, 3.2 expected goals against per 60 minutes of five on five. Like that line being break even over a 125 minute sample, which is about 10 games worth, give or take. Um, any 10 game sample then being, you know, basically break even by expected goal share is really poor performance from that top line. Uh, 2.9 actual goals per 60 minutes uh, mixed in there. Now they're still generating a lot of offense. And if they shoot 10% instead of under 8%, um, you know, they're scoring three and a half or 3.7 goals per 60 minutes. Everything's all fine and dandy, but you know, they're not, and they haven't been playing all that well. Um, you know, even Matthews over his last 10 games, you know, before and after or before the injury was under four shots per game, which is low for him. Um, it's great for almost everybody else, but it's low for him. So they really weren't playing that well. But it's the Chicago Blackhawks. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like all their lines are terrible. Like they're I think their best line of Johnson and Radish. Um assuming they go with uh, Johnson, Radish, uh, and Domi, because they did change up their lines last game quite a bit. And I'm going to be honest, it doesn't matter what the Chicago line combinations are. All their line combinations are absolutely, uh, like, just atrocious. There's nothing that they put on the ice this year that has been anything resembling a competitive NHL line. Like, I don't know what to say. They've been all terrible. I, I think they have five lines uh, with a hundred, with at least a hundred minutes together at five on five, and the best line is Kurashev, Domi, and Radish under forty-eight percent expected goal share, and it's the only line over forty-three percent. This whole team sucks from top to bottom. Like there's just no way around it. So like, you know, I I think that Chicago top line might be their best line, but the best Chicago top line is. You know, it's not really saying a whole lot. It's like saying you're the best looking person at your family reunion. Like, who really cares? You know what I mean? <laughs> so, uh, like, I, I, I'm perfectly fine with Toronto 1. The question is what to do with their power play, right? Um, because the Chicago power play was a big bane of their, their uh, profile for quite a while. But it's been really, really good lately. Um their last 20 games, going back to Christmas, ninth fewest shots against per 60 minutes on the penalty kill. The team right above them is Winnipeg. The team right below them is San Jose. Those have been two really good penalty kills all season long. Um, and even the goals against have been pretty much in line, um, ranking near the middle of the league. So, like, this penalty kill hasn't really been that bad for the Blackhawks. So, you know, I think you can power play stack. I don't think it's necessary. I do like Toronto one more, like way more than Toronto two. I would just, you know, I would pay the extra $3,000 or whatever it is and just play Toronto one instead of Toronto two. Like Alec Turfoot does nothing um, on that line. It's, it's like, it's like when Cali Yarncroft was there, it's, it's just a one, one dimensional uh, defensive player. Um, Marner and Tavares haven't been generating a ton on the ice. They've been playing very well defensively, 
extremely well defensively, but not great offensively. I think it's just Toronto one for me, but if you want to mix in Tavares or mix in Marner, make a power play stack, I think that's fine. On the Chicago side, like, what do you do? Like, what do you do here? Like, it's, like I said, the Toronto top line hadn't really been playing that well, but the goaltenders have largely been good, um, especially, you know, I don't want to say especially with Murray Hurt. You don't want him hurt, but um, he was the one that really had been struggling. So, like, um, it's not really a great matchup. You know, the Toronto penalty kill um, has been good as well. Um, You know, certainly not elite or anything like that. Um, But, you know, middle of the league by shots against, near the middle of the league by goals against. So, like, even Chicago's power play, which is something that you could hang on your hat on sometimes, is not that good. So like, I don't know if you want to use some cheap Blackhawks, um, you know, throwing a one off Taylor Radish, uh, throwing a, you know, one off Tyler Johnson, something like that. I think that's fine. I, I just, I, I can't get excited about this team on this slate. I, I, I think I'd be looking for my depth stacks elsewhere. Yeah. I'd rather use Matias Maselli, Lawson Krauses of the world than, you know, those guys, but yeah. I mean, I, I, and you know, it's not like they're coming in with no ownership either, right? Like, um, I was looking at uh, our ownership projections a little bit earlier. Uh, you know, Patrick Kane near ten percent, Max Domi between eight and nine percent. Like, it's not like they're not getting owned. It's not like this. This is a two percent. They're like one or two percent on a six game slate. I'd be like, well, you know, might be worth a shot. Like, if 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 you know their top guys come in like eight to ten percent. I don't think it's worth it. It's a 2.2 road total. Like, yeah. why are we jamming in these guys? You know what I mean? Like, you can. Like, a one-off here and there. If you full stack, you just be prepared for your fate. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you make your own bed, you sleep in it. Whatever the adage you want to use there. Let's move on to the uh, the next one here. Tampa Bay Lightning with a 3.8 total heading into Arizona. The Coyotes have a 2.6 total. Uh Tampa played last night with Vasilevsky, so it's probably going to be Brian Elliott in that. Connor Ingram is confirmed. Jake says he was only awake because he had to take the dog out. This is from the same guy who wants to have like 700 kids. Kind of good practice, I guess. So not really the same. Dogs just kind of go back and lay down. Kids don't exactly just go back and lay down. Anyway, uh, I'm not, you know... This isn't a parenting show. We're talking about hockey. So it looks like Stamkos and Hagel have flip-flopped again. But we don't have confirmation that that's what they're going to run because they're on a back-to-back. Tampa, big road total. Like The Coyotes are going to Connor Ingram a bunch. Yeah, my name's not Nino. We'll let Nino do the parenting. Um, But yeah, the Coyotes seem to be going to Ingram a bunch like, maybe they're trying to trade Vimelka. I don't know. That's the only reason I can think they're playing Ingram more. But it, I, I think line matching is pretty important here because you, you see the Arizona top line close to 20%. You see the Arizona second line pushing double digits. It's just like, I get it because that second line is wildly cheap. The top line fully correlated. It makes me just want to go to the Tampa side, but then again, you have to then you have to fade 4.3 total Tampa or excuse me Toronto 
got to fade Edmonton, got to fade Buffalo, got to fade the Rangers. You know what I mean? So, like, where do you rank Tampa in these, like, really good matchups? Yeah, it's kind of tough to say because um, I do like Tampa, but you're right. Like, they did flip-flop last night. They had Hagel, Point, and Kucherov together. Stamkos back with Sorelli and Kalorn. You know, they beat Colorado in Colorado, so I'm going to assume they're going to stick with those line combinations. Excuse me. Um, but I do like Tampa here tonight for, you know, a couple reasons. One, it's a pretty good power play matchup for them, right? Um, Arizona still one of the most penalized teams uh, in the league on the season. In fact, the most penalized team in the league on the season, 3.7 times uh, shorthanded per game uh, on the year. Um, not as bad of late, but still, you know, fringy bottom 10, uh, time shorthanded over the last 20 ish games. So, um, it's a pretty good power play matchup for Tampa Bay. Um, thankfully they are mercifully, they ended that top top power play Corey Perry experiment, move Braden point back there. And that's something I kind of want to talk about. It's something that's been kind of bothering me about Tampa for about six weeks now. Like, it seems pretty obvious them and Toronto are just coasting to playoffs because they're pretty much locked into a first-round matchup against each other, and they have been basically since Christmas. And I'm wondering if Tampa's not just going to use, like, the final, you know, the month and a half since Christmas or whatever, and then the final two months of the season here, so maybe the final three months or whatever, to just experiment, right? It kind of came to the forefront for me when they just got their brains beat in 7-1 and didn't make a single lineup change for the very next game. Like, there there are coaches that would, like, blow up their entire roster and put guys in the press box for a 7-1 loss. Um, I think, like, Minnesota went and got Sam Steele because of a big loss at home once, right, and moved him right to the top line. Uh, Tampa just rolled out the same line, the lineup the next day. Um, and I think it's because they, at the time, they're running Point Kucherov Stamkos and they wanted to see how that line and their other lines uh, would fare, um, you know, if they loaded up that top line. And I think they wanted to see could Corey Perry, you know, be a, a guy they could use on the top power play unit. And, and then maybe you could say Braden Point for the second unit, make that them a little bit more dangerous or something like that. Um, I think you're going to see Tampa experiment. They're still going to try to win games. Like, obviously, like a, a bunch of the top guys still played over 20 minutes last night. So, you know, they're not you're just throwing away games and playing, you know, Kucherov 16 minutes a night. Um, but I don't wonder if we see more experimenting from that. But, uh, you know, we're not going to know that on a back-to-back, especially with a late start. But I really do like the power play spot for Tampa Bay. Um, their top line – I think is in the better matchup because that Arizona top line kind of likes to trade chances back and forth. That Schmaltz Keller Hayton line um, pretty good offensively, but they do give it up defensively as well. Um, so if they're going to trade chances with Kucherov point and um, Hagel, I don't mind that matchup at five on five for Tampa at all. And it is a good power play matchup. And they're one of the better leverage spots on the entire slate. In fact, they're top three coming in with under 4% ownership. So, yes, I, I am a big fan of Tampa 1. Like, I'm, I'm just going to be, like, just real frank. I think I would rather play Tampa 1 than Toronto 1 here tonight. Um, even though I think Toronto's in a little bit of a better matchup, like, if Toronto one's going to come in 15 16%, and, you know, Tampa 1's going to be, like, 5 6%, I would rather just go with the Tampa 1 at 5 6% for pretty much the same price. So, Tampa one for me, if you want to go to Tampa two, I think it's fine because they are generating quite a bit as well. 
And I think Sorelli's really starting to find his game. I was looking at scoring chance contribution jumps. Um, now, Sorelli, obviously, he was injured, came back, started slow, but he's really started to get involved more offensively over the last few weeks. It is a good second line for Tampa Bay, at least offensively. Um, they're just coming in with a little bit more ownership than I'd like. I'd like them at around 5 6% ownership, but they're coming in, you know, 8 to 9%. Um, so I think it'd be Tampa one for me. They're in a really good spot on the Arizona side. It's just the ownership, right? Like that's just the big problem here is, you know, by our top stacks tool, three out of every 10 lineups are going to have either Arizona one or Arizona two. And then if you figure in maybe some broken stacks and power play stacks, probably depending on the contest, one third of lineups are going to have some sort of Arizona stack in them. It's still Tampa Bay. I know it's Brian Elliott and that, and not Andre Vasilevsky. Uh, and, you know, that is a little bit of a change. It's not like Elliott's been atrocious this year, 898 save percentage. I think the league average is like 905. So it's not terrible, um, not good, but not terrible. Um, I think just for ownership concerns, you can fade them. If I were going to play Arizona, I would play the top line, right? Um, perfectly correlated. Generating a lot of offense, 3.7 expected goals in their last 100 minutes together. Um, you know, all playing around that 20 minute mark. Um, you know, Barrett Hayden, 16 shots in his last five games. He's really getting involved offensively. It would be Arizona one I would go to. I think Arizona two is just coming in. Arizona two would be one of those spots where I had one off Lawson Krause or I had one off Michelli. I wouldn't full stack them. Uh, it'd be Arizona one or Tampa one for me in this game. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with that Arizona take. It's just like just way too much ownership on that second line where you can get the top line just for a little bit more, and they've been a much, much better line. So they're not that much more expensive either. I mean, they're obviously – the second line is obviously way cheaper, and if you need the more savings, then that's fine. But, like, if push comes to shove, I'm I, – for all reasons possible, I'd rather play the top line for Arizona than the second. I mean, let's just let's just put it this way. Like, we'll go with our by our top stacks tool, right? And Detroit one, we'll talk about them in a little bit in a little bit. But Detroit one is fourteen thousand nine hundred, assuming they go with Lark and Kubli Bertuzzi, right? That's pretty much the same price as Arizona at fifteen thousand four hundred. Um, Detroit or Arizona has a top two probability four times higher than Detroit, but ownership eight times higher than Detroit, right? I would rather just play the Red Wings, the Red Wings top line, right? I, I think that's kind of that's just kind of the problem here. So there's just way too much ownership on Arizona. I think they're still fine to play because they, it is a pretty good spot. They are generating a lot of offense. If they do come in a little bit lower, like maybe around 15%, then I think that's perfectly acceptable. I just worry that maybe they come in a little bit higher and they're like 21 or 22%. I don't want to play that on a six-game slate. Um, there's, they're perfectly fine. I, I'm not saying they're a bad line or in a bad spot or anything like that. I'm not, it's just an ownership play. People are going to have to decide if they, if they want to do that and, uh, what lines uh, they want to put with them. Because, you know, if you do that, you're taking at, you know, Edmonton stacks out of the equation. Um, you're taking some Colorado stacks out of the equation. Um, you're taking, um, some, uh, Buffalo stacks out of the equation, right? So, they're not priced as a super cheap line. You have to be kind of mindful about what you're going to do with them to make sure that it's not a super chalky lineup. Yeah. And like, yeah, top stacks, you don't, I don't use it as gospel. It's just like thousands and thousands and thousands of Sims. So like, yeah, Arizona one is the better line and they should have the higher top two stack total. 
But despite Tampa being on back to back on the road, you could argue that Detroit's in a better spot. Like yeah. you could make that argument. So yeah, I mean, Detroit, like they keep mixing and matching their lines, but like it's still Larkin going into Edmonton with Jack Campbell starting, and Edmonton is let's just to be nice, they're terrible defensively. So and I mean Arizona only only has a 2.6 goal total, right? Like that's not that high. It's lower than Detroit's at 2.8. And I would say Arizona has like two scoring lines now. Clearly the top line is much better, but they at least have a second decent scoring line. So it's not completely concentrated scoring as it was, you know, maybe two months ago or something like that. Yeah. And Vron is back. Don't know where he's going to slot in, but he's back. He's not playing. He hopefully has conquered. Yeah. Hopefully he conquered his demons though. Yeah. Uh, the, I, I saw the tweet earlier. Uh, Wallman's not playing. Uh, Braun is not playing. I think it was Adina's not playing either. Anyway, I, I get. Well, I mean, Vrana hasn't been with the team for a few months. I'm, I, I'm assuming they want at least yeah, one practice. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I'm not that mad about it. Yeah, no. And Wallman's banged up. So as we mentioned off the top, to buy prize picks, you can get yourself one free month Stochastic Plus Platinum and up to a hundred dollar deposit bonus with prize picks when you sign up and make a deposit. If you're interested, Josh Engelman has a new prize picks NBA picks video every day on the Odd Shopper channel. Now, obviously, NBA All Star break kind of starts tomorrow. There's three games tomorrow, and then that's basically the break until next Wednesday. So, if you're into prize picks for sign up we also have ufc this weekend you can go you know between sports jake usually had our, our boss jake harry i i call him jake harry just because my last name's harris and it's hair is you know what i mean so like sorry jake harry but he he uh he goes and posts that's three time nhl live final qualifier jake harry to me but he goes and posts his every day up on his twitter at jake harry he loves hearing from you as well. So please get into his mentions and be like, why? You're such a fish. Or if you like it, tell. Uh, Seth always has the best fish emojis for Jake. But yeah, sign up. Click the link in the description below. Get your free month of Stochastic Plus Platinum and $100 deposit match bonus. Let's move on to those aforementioned. No, we're not. Colorado Avalanche with a 2.6 total. Heading into Minnesota, the Wild have a 2.9 total. Alexander Yorgiev is probable. Marc-Andre Fleury is confirmed. I'm kind of surprised that this game is a 5.5 total. You dropped a couple gems in our Discord about it. Um, with Colorado being in Minnesota, that means Joel Erickson-Eck is going to get that McKinnon matchup. But you dropped in a nice little cliffy bomb in our chat, Joel Eriksson-Eck, without Jordan Greenway. Or was it Mark? It was Marcus Foligno. Marcus Foligno, yeah. Without Marcus Foligno over the past two seasons has been bad. So this isn't the worst matchup on paper as it seems. Now, Hartman is back in between Kaprizov and Zuccarello. Boldy did move up there at times last, last game. Wouldn't shock me to see Boldy move up in between Zuccarello and Kaprizov. Hartman hasn't been playing great there. He's been taking stupid penalties. Uh, 
like I, I see not too much ownership on either side, for, you know, five and a half total. There's three, four totals on their own on the slate. So I, I just, if anything, I'm going to go to the Colorado one side here, just because like one, Joe Erickson Eck doesn't have Felino. Two, for whatever reason, they keep running out Marc-Andre Fleury when Gustafsson is clearly their better goalie. I just think this is a pretty good matchup for Colorado. And if you if you told me who would you want between Colorado with a 2.6 total, Arizona with a 2.6 total, or Chicago with a 2.2 total, I'm taking the avalanche all day there for teams with the lower totals. Yeah, I the the point that we were making about Erickson Eck and Felino is, you know, obviously when they're at home, yes, they're the shutdown line. Um, but without Felino, Erickson Eck allows about 33% more shots against um, about um, 20, I think it's 27% more shot attempts against um, the goals against go up like 80%, which obviously, you know, a small sample, it's wonky, but you can probably expect a 20 to 30% defensive drop off with Felino not on his line. That helps Colorado a lot. Um, there's a, there's a pretty big difference between facing a line that's like 2.4 expected goals against, which is close to the league average, and a line that's 1.9 expected goals against. Like it's a difference between facing a league average, like a nearly league average line, and facing like Patrice Bergeron. Um, it might not sound like a lot, but it really is. Um, so I don't really mind Colorado for that reason. It's just um, they did uh, switch up their lines uh, towards the end of the game yesterday. Um, they booted Arturi Lekkinen off the top line, moved Miko Rantanen up there. We won't know if that's something that they stick with going into tonight. I don't think it will be because they do like having Rantanen on that second line. It kind of helps um, give them at least two scoring lines, right, when they have enough bodies in the lineup. So I think they're going to go back with what they started with. Um, that's that just the last few games, actually, that they've been behind. They've bumped up Rantanen to that top line. Yeah, so, you know – you can use them with McKinnon in some sort of power play stack, but that does get expensive, right? Um, if you use him in Nachushkin and McKinnon, I think you're running near 23K. And I think at that point, I'd rather just go play Edmonton. You know what I mean? <laughs> so um, if, you know, if you play Colorado, I would just stick with McKinnon, Lekkinen, um and Nachushkin. Um, even though they're getting the Joel Erickson at line, like we said, the shutdown line might not be as tough as we thought, I think one reason why you're not seeing a high total on um, Colorado is because the wild goaltending has been really, really good for a while now. Um, For the best TV viewing experience, witness the coziest maroons, the most vibrant and brightest moons, the eeriest and darkest tombs and radiant and vivid hues in any type of room with the Neo QLED and OLED TVs by Samsung. We're supposed to say Samsung, but that didn't rhyme, so (laughs) you're welcome. Samsung, more wow than ever. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over limited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
what's keeping what's keeping the Wild like kind of in the playoff race has been their goaltending. I think they're top ten in the league over their last twenty games at, in all situations, and it's even better at five on five. So goaltending has been good on the Minnesota side. I don't think people realize just how bad this team has been offensively for quite a while now. Um, over Minnesota's last 20 games, going back to Christmas, there are only three teams in the league scoring less on a permanent basis, and it's Chicago, Columbus, and the New York Islanders. That's it. Everybody else is scoring more than Minnesota is. Uh, yes, that even includes teams like Montreal and Anaheim and Philadelphia. Like, um, you know, even Minnesota's shot attempt rate is only in the middle of the league. They really haven't been that good. Um, the Colorado top line has been pretty good defensively. Like McKinnon and Lekkinen helped make that top line pretty good defensively. So it takes Joel Erickson X line out of uh, play for me. Whether or not to play Zuccarello, Hartman, and Kaprizov is a different story because Rodriguez and Rantanen, haven't really been that good defensively uh, together this season. JT Confer there will help, but still not great defensively. Um, that should be the matchup for Minnesota or Minnesota's top line or a fair bit of the matchup. Um, the Minnesota top line, 80 minutes together this year, 2.7 expected goals for 1.7 against. Pretty good uh, shot share numbers, not scoring a lot. That's kind of the problem here is that they're not scoring a lot. They're not generating a lot. Um the Minnesota power play is going to go through some changes tonight because uh, Kalen Addison is a healthy scratch. Alex Goligoski's in the lineup. Uh, we don't know for sure who's going to run the top power play. I'm assuming it's between Spurgeon and Goligoski. Um, so we might see some changes to the Minnesota power play, which is one advantage they might have had against a mediocre to bad Colorado penalty kill. Like, I'm going to be honest, like of – you know, those expensive lines, you know, lines approaching 19K and above on DK here tonight. I think Minnesota one is one of the lines that I probably would fade. Um, I would probably, you know, just they're coming in basically the same ownership and same price as Rangers one. We'll get to the Rangers in a second. I'd rather just play the Rangers top line against Vancouver. Uh, <laughs> the only thing that might change is this is, um, you know, Fran, um, sorry. Francis uh, is hurt. Georgiev went last night. It might be Jonas Johansson time for Colorado in net. It's either that or Georgiev on a back-to-back. Now, we won't know, I don't think, before lock. If we do, if it's Jonas Johansson in net, then I have a lot more interest in the Minnesota Wild. Unless we get confirmation it's him in single lineups, I don't think there, I think there are other spots for similar prices I'd rather play, uh, not play Wild players those numbers like it just backs up when you watch them like cappers off the other night had 23 fantasy points just because he had the shot bonus like that goal he scored was one of the more ridiculous goals i've ever seen like if he didn't score that it was just ridiculous he was he just like spun around and popped the bottle just like no look so like they just they just been having trouble scoring like it it just it is what it is like if it is jonas johansson though Kaprizov is one of the better, I would say one of the best players on this slate, even though there's monsters on this slate. So like, yeah, more, more interest there if it's Jonas Johansson, who, you know, was it Tim Vogel? Who's like, this is the worst goalie 
I've ever seen yeah. in the NHL. And one more, one final thing on Minnesota. I was looking at some scoring chance data earlier today from Corey Snager. He's a guy that hand tracks uh, games, tracks a bunch of different stats. One of them scoring chance contributions, individual scoring chances, plus those of teammates. Zuccarello's last year was well above the league average. And in fact, near a full standard deviation above the league average. This year, he's nearly a full standard deviation below the league average. His, his rate has fallen something like 34%. He has been genuinely bad. The only reason he's a point-per-game player is that Kirill Kaprizov is an MVP candidate. Um, it, 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 like Zuccarell, like Kaprizov, if Hartman's not playing well, Kaprizov is literally like charged with carrying that entire line. Like I said, I, I I'd rather just go elsewhere um, to go for my uh, to go for a line um, in that price range. Um, like I said, go play Rangers one instead. Yeah, agreed. There, Zuccarello's price like he's a center deviation above, not below. Like last year, where he was like stuck in the five Ks all season. Yeah, I mean he's still having a pretty good fantasy season. He also has nineteen shots in his last ten games, and those yeah. all scoring chance numbers. Like I said. Um, I'm just not a fan of the wild here tonight. Yeah. Unless it's Jonas Johansson, of course. Of course. He is the worst goalie of all time. Detroit Red Wings with a 2.7 total. Heading into Edmonton, the Oilers have a 3.9. That total has dropped a tiny, tiny bit. It was at four. Philly Huso probable. Jack Campbell confirmed. Now, Edmonton practiced yesterday. Connor McDavid, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, Zach Hyman, but I think Leon Drysaddle took a maintenance day. Yeah, him and Kane both. Yeah, yeah. But, so, so what? Here's what they did. Is sorry to cut you off, but yeah. no. What they did with the lines was they had McDavid, Hyman, Nugent, Hopkins top line, right? And then they had, I, I think it was like Holloway, Derek Ryan, and Kyler Yamamoto second line. Seems to me you could just take out Holloway and Ryan and put in Drysaddle and Kane, and then go Kane Drysaddle. Yamamoto, which is a line that has like 200 minutes together, um, you know, since Kane got there a year ago. So I think you're going to see RNH, McDavid, Hyman, Kane, Dreisaitl, uh, Yamamoto, just kind of a guess. I don't, I don't think Yamamoto has been activated officially off the injured reserve either. Like they would have to make some sort of lineup move um, to get him in, to get him in. So, um, you know, maybe they put Derek Ryan there or something instead, but at the very least, I'm expecting on pairs of McDavid Hyman and Kane Drysidle. I guess let <laughs> I me mean, find out at warmups. But at, by the same token, you know they have their four power play forwards: McDavid, Drysidle, Nugent Hopkins, and uh, Hyman. If you're playing Edmonton, it's those four guys and Evander Kane, right? <laughs> like you're not deviating okay. a whole lot. You know, maybe if Dylan Holloway's on the second line. Um, you know, expected to line up on the second line you play him because he's under 3K. Maybe if, you know, Matthias Yanmark is on the second line you play him because he's under 3K. Other than that, like, um, you know, I'm not playing a 3,400 Derek Ryan. I don't care where he lines up, right? Um, I'm not playing, you know, if Yamamoto is back, um, I'm not playing a 3,500 Yamamoto either. Um, I'm just playing the big power play guys plus Evander Kane. That's it. Um, Pretty good power play matchup for Edmonton, though. Uh, Detroit's penalty kill is pretty bad. They haven't been taking a ton of penalties lately. They're only at 2.9 times shorthanded per game this season, which is well below the league average. League average is about 3.2. 
And Detroit's time spent uh, on the penalty kill per game over their last 20 games is bottom 10 in the league. So they're really not taking many penalties. They're struggling to kill the ones they do take. We know Edmonton doesn't need a lot of opportunities uh, to strike on the power play. Um, you know, Edmonton's top line, RNH, McDavid, Hyman, if that's what it is, perfectly correlated on the power play. Really, really good together this year. Only 90-minute sample, but 4.7 expected goals per 60 minutes, 6.8 actual goals. Um, you know, McDavid has 25 shots in his last five games. I really, really do like that Edmonton top line. They're just really expensive. That's the only problem. But um, if you can find a secondary stack that you'd like to mix in or, you know, maybe a, like a two-man secondary stack and then you want off a cheap forward or something like that, I really do like Edmonton top line here. Um it, the problem is, even if they are broken up, they're all on the same power play together anyway, right? So then it, it just turns from an even strength stack to a power play stack, and I'm fine with that. Um, you know, if you want to add in Leon Dreisaitl and take out Nugent Hopkins or add in Leon Dreisaitl and take out Hyman, I think that's fine. Um, I don't think it's necessary, and you're running the risk of Dreisaitl just not even dressing. Yeah. Uh, in case it wasn't a maintenance day, because we've seen that in the NHL this year where teams have said, oh, so-and-so's taking a maintenance day, and then they're out for like three games or something. They actually like that. came out and said he's been dealing with a nagging upper body injury. So, Right. So, you know, um, especially with like a non-conference, non-playoff team in town, maybe they just decide to give him a night off. You never know. So I would just stick with McDavid, Hyman, and Nugent Hopkins. At the least, they're all going to be on the power play together. On the Detroit side, like I said earlier, I do like this Detroit top line. Um, Kugelik, Larkin, and Bertuzzi coming in 2 to 3% ownership, 2 to 3% top two probability. So basically, you know, right on line with uh, their leverage. Relatively cheap, perfectly correlated on the power play as well. Uh, or not perfectly correlated, sorry. Two out of three on the top power play, Bertuzzi and Larkin. Uh, Kubelik still on the second unit. But Kubelik's, like those scoring chance creation numbers that I was talking about uh, for Zuccarello, Kubalik is at 9.9 so far this season. I posted in our chat. Uh, I think I posted in our chat. Like there are a lot of very good comparables right around that range for Kubalik. Uh, Natchez, Stamkos, uh, Vinny Trocek, Mitch Marner. That's the company Kubalik's keeping and scoring chance creation of five on five this year. When Kubalik and Larkin, are playing without Mason Lucas Raymond, and you guys know I'm not a fan of Lucas Raymond. 120 minutes together, 3.1 expected goals generated, 5.4 actual goals. Now, obviously, that's shooting near 15%, but even if it's near 10%, they're still scoring like 3.3 goals per 60 minutes. It's a good offensive line. I do like Detroit one here tonight. They're one of my favorite fillers, especially when you consider um um you know, the ownership that they have and the ownership some of the other fillers have across the slate. I don't think you, you have to dip down for cheaper Detroit lines um, here. You know, you certainly can do it if you're going with a super expensive Detroit st or Edmonton stack and you want a game stack or something like that. I would probably go Perron Bergeron down on the third line. Honestly, Perron at least is on the top power play unit. Him and Bergeron have played relatively well together this season. So that's where I would go. But um, it's both top lines I like best here. Yeah, and if it is McDavid, Nugent Hopkins, Hyman, of all the iterations that it could be on Edmonton, that one is probably the cheapest at twenty four eight. Like if you if you're I going, think, go yeah, I, I think it, it it's it's I think the only thing that's cheaper is swapping out Hyman for Kane, 
Yeah. Um, but then you might not get Kane on the power play, right? So and Kane's basically been, paying 1300 for a little additional power play exposure. And Kane's been stapled to the second unit. Like, he has not gotten any power play one time. But he does have 31 shots in eight games since returning, though. So he's yeah. still averaging almost four shots a game, even without that power. Imagine what he could do with it. Yeah, I know. They should, you know. They should they look should, into that. Any team to experiment with a five forward power play it should be Edmonton, but they're not going to do it. Well, no, because they need to bring every little bit of value they possibly can out of Tyson Berry. Yeah. Tyson Berry. What a guy. Leafs legend, Tyson Berry. Guess what? It's pretty much NBA All-Star break, which is the biggest time for NHL DFS. There's three NBA games tomorrow, but then, you know, the, the GPP should start getting bigger tomorrow. NBA All-Star break runs through Tuesday, NBA back on Wednesday. So that means if you click the link in the description below, you can get a weekly or monthly at 50% off. And if you do the weekly, which is under $10 now, which is a great, great deal, it will take you through the NBA All-Star break. So if you click the link in the description below, you'll get the weekly through NBA All-Star break, 50% off, under $10. Everything we have to offer, projections, ownership, lineup builders, rankings, and my personal favorite, the Discord. I'm always in the Discord yamming and heeing and hawing. I don't know. Like Haas is just tagging me with random lyrics and I'm yelling at him. I actually like him. If you're new to the discord and you see me yelling at him, it, we've, we're like the odd couple, but there are sharp minds in there. You get all the access to the sharp minds. You get all the tools. If there's lot, if there's late breaking news, if the NHL slate goes NBA style, there's a bunch of guys like Jake will alert the channel if there's changes and all that. So, yeah, I mean, it's a no-brainer. Get that weekly package. Takes you through NBA All-Star break. DraftKings already confirmed that the 4484 that they're running on Tuesday is the biggest non-fantasy hockey world championship GPP they've ever run. So, no-brainer here. 999 or 995 gets you through the All-Star break. Come into the Discord. Say hello. Say you came from YouTube give you a high five and we'll go from there. I'm looking forward to seeing a whole bunch of new faces in the discord starting tonight. Let's move on to my boys, my boys, the New York Rangers with a 3.7 total heading into Vancouver. The Canucks have a 2.9 total. Igor Shesterkin and Arturs Silovs making his NHL debut is confirmed. I don't think he's in the player pool. I don't even know who that is. Do you know who that is? No, I literally never heard of him until I saw that. Yeah. So if Cliffy doesn't know who he is, he does stuff with like prospects. So if Cliffy doesn't know who he is, I sure don't know who he is. I mean, he was a sixth round pick in 2019. Like this isn't a guy that's been banging on. This isn't Askarov in in Nashville or something like that. So, So like they put, what's his face? Spencer Martin on waivers to send him down to call up this fella? I mean, well, I mean, what are you going to do, right? Like Demko's hurt. Belia's, I, I think Belia's a decent goalie or, you know, at least somebody that should be a backup goalie in the NHL. So I was kind of happy to see him uh, stick around. But like Spencer Martin has, I don't think people kind of realize just how bad he's been. He had a 902 save percentage in his first, uh, 
sorry, he had a 907 save percentage in his first eight games. And in his last 21 games, an 854 save percentage. Like that's fine for the penalty kill. It'd be a good penalty kill save percentage. It's certainly not good in all situations. So it, it seems like Vancouver's trying to catch lightning in a bottle here, see what they got with this kid. Um like goalies are just weird creatures. Anything can happen in an NHL game. No I idea who that last night with Ottawa, right? Like yeah. Mandelise had just an unbelievable DK performance. That it, that's the nature of the that's the nature of the position, man. So here's what's going for the Rangers. They're going with Kreider, Zabanaja, and Tarasenko, then Panarin, Trocek, and Jimmy VC, then the kids, right? So, like, of the iterations the Rangers can put together, I'm not going to get angry that Kratzoff's in the lineup. I have vented all my frustrations there. Crowder and Zabanajad can bring anyone to decency. They had very good numbers with VC. They had good numbers with Lafreniere. They had good numbers with Kako. Now they have Vladimir Tarasenko, a shooter. For the best TV viewing experience, witness the coziest maroons, the most vibrant and brightest moons, the eeriest and darkest tombs, and radiant and vivid hues in any type of room with the Neo QLED and OLED TVs by Samsung. We're supposed to say Samsung, but that didn't rhyme, so <laughs> you're welcome. Samsung, more wow than ever. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I think that line can be very good. Now, Trocek and Panarin don't have a monster sample. It's it's not small, though, and they have very, very good numbers. Now, Jimmy VC there, I like. I don't want to, like, drag the kid. Like, he's, like, a more – a little bit more talented on both ends, Jesper Faust. It's not going to kill you. He's there. there. Maybe they upgrade at the trade deadline. Then you have the kids – I don't like the the Canucks have completely mangled their lines. I'm not sure there's a matchup that really concerns me from the Rangers side. There's not too much ownership there. I think like as I mentioned in the Discord, if I'm going to play the Rangers, it's either going to be the top line, some form of power play stack, or the kids as a filler. Yeah, I I, I mean I'm going to start with. Um, the Vancouver side here, because I think it's kind of important to talk about their line combinations and what that means for the Rangers. Like Beauvillier is on the top line with Elias Pedersen, which is really nice to see, but it's also with Vasily Colson, which I don't get it. But um, the nice thing is, is Pedersen has been able to carry just about anybody this season. Um, I prefer Kuzmenko there. We don't always get what we want, but sometimes we'll get what we need. Pod Colson's yeah. at least a shot bot. Yeah. So, you know, Pod Colson can shoot. And Pedersen and Beauvillier have been good together since Beauvillier got there. 65 minutes, 2.7 expected goals for 2.2 against per 60. So, you know, Beauvillier power play one. He has 12 shots in his five games um, in Vancouver. You know, Pedersen's playing 21 minutes a game. Um, 
I <laughs> they're going into that Rangers top line, and there's not a lot of ownership on them, four to five percent. The Rangers are adding Vladimir Tarasenko to that top line. Not Vladimir Tarasenko's had atrocious defensive numbers for a couple years now. Um, maybe some sort of coaching change, system change, or whatever in New York will help him. I doubt it. Not go on. <laughs> I'm worried he could make that line pretty bad defensively. And Kreider and Zibanejad had not been good defensively since Christmas. 115 minutes together, three expected goals against per 60 minutes. Not, at not left the line. So, yeah, since Kako left. Tarasenko is going to make them a lot better offensively. I'm not saying he's not. He will. And I like that he's there with Kreider because Kreider's not really a good playmaker. Uh, but Tarasenko, even though I, you know, I think he's declining from what he was four or five years ago, he's still a good playmaker. So that line needs that. But he's not going to bring any defensive ability. I think it's not a bad matchup for Vancouver 1. Problem is, is like the Rangers don't take a lot of penalties. The penalty kill's not bad. It's good. Uh, and then you're facing UR Shesterkin, and they're coming in with negative leverage. It's like if they're coming in like, you know, 4% top two stack, 1% ownership, I would play them. But, you know, 2% top two stack, 4% ownership, I don't know. Uh, especially not with Pog Coles in there. Like I said, I'd ra- way rather it was, you know, I'd even take Brock Besser, which I can't believe I'm saying. So I I, I think I'm out on the Canucks entirely. I If I were to play anything, it would certainly be the top line. It wouldn't be Miller and Garland. Miller's numbers without Bo Horvat over the last couple of seasons are just bad. There's there's nowhere else, no way else around it. So with that in mind, the Rangers top line was still playing very well offensively. Added Tarasenko, who should make them even better offensively. There's not that much ownership on the Rangers top line, nine to ten percent. They might come in a little bit higher, but they are are uh, sorry, nine to ten percent on Fanduel. I was looking at the wrong page. Uh, nine ten percent on DraftKings, eighteen K. I think that's reasonable. Um, especially for the slate and the Vancouver penalty kill, like they are taking fewer penalties, but their penalty kill is still just terrible. I even saw one of their beat writers who tends to be one of their more composed guys uh, in their last game when they got their brains beaten by Detroit. He just tweeted, kill an effing penalty. Only he didn't say effing. And to see a professional beat writer say that, you know things are getting bad with the team. Great power play spot. And I will say we were worried about them splitting power play time when Tarasenko got there. That hasn't been the case in their two games. It's been basically a 66-33 split for the top unit. Um, So Rangers won for me. If you want to dip down to Rangers two, uh, I think that's perfectly fine. Coming in with, uh, you know, pretty low ownership, under 5%. Um, You know, I'm not going to say that V... I'm with you. I think VC is a fine player. You don't have to play them. Um, they're just not getting a ton of ice time. And I think I'd rather just lean on the top line, especially where we know, uh, not know, but are pretty sure Tarasenko is going to fit in well with Zibanejad and Crowder in the way they play. And um, they have a longer sample of just playing well together and they don't, they have pretty reasonable ownership. So I really do like the Rangers top line here. And if you are thinking about power play stacking, you have to have Zabanajan in there. Like I've, I, people have asked me in the Discord, can you leave Zaban? Like they, the reason Tarasenko is on the second power play unit is because they run, they need passers to pass it to Mika Zabanajan. Right. So they run and, the power play to Mika Zabanajan. And Tarasenko, 
typically plays the top of the right circle, I think, on the With power Panarin. play, like, like on his strong side, which is where Panarin plays. You're yeah. not moving Panarin. And him and Zibanejad are both right shots. So even if you move Tarasenko to the other side and leave Panarin where he is, you have Zibanejad and Tarasenko basically in the same one-time position, right? So they're kind of just negating each other. Um, I, 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 I'm perfectly fine with the power play units the way they are. Yeah, and they run it through. They work – everything they do is to get Zibanejad slappers, so – have him involved. Let's move on to the last game of the night. The Buffalo Sabres with a four total heading into Anaheim. The The Ducks have a 2.9 total. Uka, Pekka, Lukanen. John Gibson, probable. I think the uh, Dylan Cousin top line experiment ended pretty quickly last night. We'll have to wait and see, though. It is a 10 p.m. Eastern start. Uh, we'll see what happens with the lines there. At worst, they're both on the top power play unit. Pretty big price point difference though as tage thompson is 3500 more than cousins on DraftKings. that being said this is an excellent power play spot for the sabers so you could just power play stack them yeah you can there's a lot of things you can do with buffalo here you can just go to the top line you can power play stack them you can play one of the depth lines um you know it's kind of the benefit of playing the anaheim ducks you can just do whatever you want it's 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 kind of like no rule. It's just, just play the defense up front uh you know put your put your goalies the starting center who cares um but yeah you can do kind of whatever you want with buffalo like kind of like with um Matthews and Nylander like the Buffalo top line was broken up for a good reason right like over there over the last month 3.3 expected goals for three expected goals for 3.3 against so below water by expected goal share uh not good 3.7 actual goals for that is good 4.8 goals against per 60 minutes that's not good uh so when you're getting constantly scored on and you're getting outplayed you're going to get broken up but it's Anaheim there's not a single matchup you're going to worry about on the Anaheim side here, uh, Derek Grant on the top line um, with Zegris. That is kind of interesting. Um, you know, people are going to laugh at Derek Grant, but here's a fact. He has a higher goal rate at five on five over the last two years than Zegris does. So, you know, he's not God awful. He's serviceable um, at the very least. This is a miserable name. Yeah. You know what I mean, like if his name was like, Derek Grant or something like that. Be like, let's let's play him. But Derek Grant, yeah. So, okay. Um, there and there is a lot of ownership on that on that Buffalo top line. I think rightly so. Obviously, right? Like eighteen percent ownership against a thirty percent top two stack. Um, still giving them pretty good leverage, but like um, you know, the Colorado top line is a thousand dollars cheaper and ten percent is coming in with ten percent less projected ownership, right? Uh, the Tampa Bay top line, um, $1,300 cheaper coming in at one-fifth the ownership of the Buffalo top line. So there are pivots away from Buffalo if you don't want to play them. And, you know, Tage Thompson, he only has 25 shots in his last 10 games. That's not very good for most players in DFS, you know, especially someone who we've seen him go long stretches at four or five shots per game. Um, you know, even a shot attempt rate is down to about 20 per 60 minutes where he was around 26, 27 through the first 40 games of the season. So there has been a downturn for Buffalo, but it is a tremendous matchup for them. So, um, I'll say, I'll go to the top line, um, of Buff, uh, Thompson, Tuck and Skinner, but cousins and Olofsson are intriguing to me for this reason. Um, Olofsson is kind of like Jack Quinn. 
He's not a good playmaker, but he's good in transition and loves to shoot. So you're basically just replacing one similar player with another similar player. It's just Olofsson's a little bit older, I guess. Uh, so I don't mind going to a two-man of like Cousins and Olofsson, but they're coming with a lot of ownership is the only problem here. Um, I would probably just stack um, the top line. But like I said, I think there are other top lines at much lower ownership that I'd rather play in other spots on the slate. On the Anaheim side, I'm not playing anything. Like, Troy Terry is their best offensive player. Like, Zegers is good. Henrik is good. They're on different lines now, though. And Troy Terry isn't there. And if you look at Anaheim's power play over the last two years, 27% more shots, 23% more goals with Troy Terry than without him. I mean, I, I think you're fine to play Anaheim because they're coming in with a lot lo- less ownership than teams like Arizona or, um, you know, even uh, some of the one of the Chicago lines. Um, but at, by the same token, uh, their best player is missing and their two other best players are on different lines. So, honestly, I think Anaheim is one of those filler stacks where I'm just really not interested in anything that they have. Um, you know, one off of Toronto, one off, you know, uh, Henrik or something like that. I guess that's fine, but uh, just not a lot of interest here. Yeah, I don't think I'd full stack anything on the Ducks, but we have to remember this is the Buffalo Sabres, and they are on a back-to-back. Are are they? Did they play yesterday? No, they didn't. Uh, no, they're they're fresh. But yeah, they're, they're the Buffalo I wouldn't full stack anything like Cliffy said. Um, I would maybe one off McTavish, one off Zegers. Vitrano always a one offable just because he shoots the puck. But yeah, like. I kind of agree with Cousins and Olsen. Like, if Kirill Marchenko didn't exist, Victor Olsen would be the front runner for the Cy Young. Like, all he does is just score goals and nothing else. But, you know, again, with that ownership, like, I'd rather just go to the top line and play them. You can go to Cousins, Olsen, though, for sure. There's just a lot of big boys on the slate. So, yeah, like, Victor Olsen, Dylan Cousins could be a nice pivot. That's the uh, six-gamer. That's a little fun one. Let's talk about those creatures who live behind the blue line. A lot of cheap options here tonight. Who are you liking? Yeah. Um, depends uh, who, like, obviously where you want to spend. I think for expensive defensemen, like, there are a bunch of guys in play because there are a lot of good teams in good spots. Um, Adam Fox and Rasmus Dahlin are the two guys that I really highlighted. Like, if you don't want to play Buffalo one, just go, you know, just one off Dahlin and, and then just move along. And then Fox, like, I know his peripherals can be an issue, but he's in arguably the best power play spot on the entire slate. Um, so I would, I don't mind playing Fox for his price on DraftKings here. He's, you know, he's uh, less than Dolan, second most expensive defenseman, but I'd rather play him than Seth Jones or whatever, right? So Dolan and Fox for expensive guys. I think, you know, the two guys that really stick out in the mid-price range are obviously Riley and Devin Taves. Devin Taves running power play one. I think he's right around 30 minutes a game with Kale McCarr out of the lineup. So you might get 30 minutes from Devin Taves here. Uh, Morgan Riley, obviously running top power play unit for Toronto. Jared Spurgeon as well. I think there's a chance he could run the top Minnesota power play, even if he doesn't. I think he might see more minutes uh, regardless without Addison out of the lineup. Uh, Owen Byram. I think a lot of people, a ton of people are going to play Taves if you're playing Colorado defenseman, but Bowen Byram might be their best defenseman um, offensive defenseman after Makar. Um, he looked great last night. I watched that game. Like he was really getting involved offensively. He's a little expensive at 4K for secondary power play minutes. Um, but I think Byron was fine. And obviously Heronic running the top power play for Detroit. 
there are a lot of super cheap defensemen that you can play here tonight. Patrick Nemeth uh, for Arizona. I think he's playing around 22 minutes a game without Ghost and Chikrin. Uh He's 2,500. Uh, Simone Benoit, second in ice time in Anaheim. Behind Ken Fowler over the last handful of games, he's 2,500. Philip Broberg, I know Edmonton's running 11-7, but he's 2,500 playing you know, for the Edmonton Oilers at home. Um, Oli Mata, I think he's playing about 18 minutes a game for Detroit. He's 2,500 as well. So like Alex Goligoski, he's 2,600. Um, I think uh, Henry Yokoharu's 2,700. So like there are a lot of super cheap defensemen that are playable here tonight as well. So uh, I think, you know, as bad of a goalie slate, I think this is, um, it is a really good defenseman slate. There are a lot of options I like here tonight. Oh, and it appears uh, Josh has frozen on us. So I'll jump to Josh. Are you there? I'm here. I hear you. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I was just saying, um, not really a great goalie slate. The goalies, I'm basically between Flurry and Gibson at this point. I think Igor's certainly in play on the road against Vancouver, but I'm down to Flurry and Gibson. I don't know where you are on goalies. Yeah, I like I hate spending up. There's just these spend up options are not great. You know what I mean? Like I don't want to play pay 8200 for Jack Campbell. I don't want to pay 8500 for Samsonov who needs to get a shutout to pay off his price, you know what I mean? So Igor at 8k obviously stands out. Gibson's always a fun ride. Um yeah, Mark Andre Fleury. We'll see who's in net for the Avs. If it is Yorgiev again, might have some interest there. Yep. And coming up after us, the No House Advantage Wednesday night NBA show with Greg and former ISU caddy Eric Lindquist. What a guy. Um, who, who are you liking for your hat trick pick? Uh, I'm going to go to your boys. I'm going to go to the top line. And I'm going to go with the number one center. And I'm going to go with uh, Mika Mika. Mika's advantage at. What a great salad he has, too. Oh, Love jealous. the flow. Yeah, great salad. Wish I could grow it. Cannot. I'm gonna just going to go off the board a bit again because that's my thing. I'm going Victor Olsen. Ooh, I like that, actually. Um, I, I, man, it's a good matchup. I think him and Cousins are going to play well together. Yeah, it w- they will. We will be back tomorrow. It's not officially the start of All-Star break, but – Contest may be a bit bigger. We'll wait and see. Um, There are 125 of you in here right now. Make sure to smash that like button on the way out. Make sure to click that link in the description. Get that weekly or monthly membership for the NBA All-Star break. And we'll see you in Discord. Good luck, everybody. Uh, Yeah, good luck tonight, everybody. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.